Well, good morning. My name is Tom Ricks. I'm one of the pastors here uh, at Green Tree. Uh, glad to see all of you this morning. Uh, we're just gathering together to kind of culminate a weekend where we've been worshiping God. Uh, a lot of people think, you know, you go to a worship service and, and you go to a building and you, and you do kind of what we've done this morning. And, and that is a worship service. That is, that is a time where we honor God and we praise God with our, with our mouths and with our, with our hearts and, and with our minds as we study God's word. But uh, scripture calls us to live out that worship every day of our lives. And so that's uh, what we're doing this weekend is really emphasizing that and trying to give ourselves a visual of what it means uh, to follow Christ just on a daily basis. And so the service we got to do this weekend uh, hopefully was a bit of a reminder to us in that. Uh, but I want to let you know that Green Tree is not uh, unique and that we didn't come up with this idea. This is, this is not our idea. 2028 didn't start uh, with Green Tree getting together and say, hey, we need to find a way to kind of send the congregation out into the community uh, to serve the folks around us. Jesus actually came up with this idea a couple thousand years before we did. And in Luke uh, chapter 9, <clears throat> excuse me, Luke chapter 10, uh, it says this, that after uh, Jesus had been doing some teaching, he appointed 72 others. So we broke Jesus' record. He had 72, we have 450. Uh, but the same idea holds true. And it says, and he sent them on ahead of him two by two into every town and place where he himself was about to go. Now, that's kind of what you call a transitional verse in Luke's gospel where he's kind of, kind of taking you from what Jesus has been doing to what Jesus is going to do. Uh, but in those transitional verses in Luke's gospel, uh, you find some amazing messages. And this is one of those, that Jesus sends people out uh, is something that you see in these verses that Jesus is in the business of saying to those who would follow him, here's where I'm going, and I want you to go on ahead of me, and I want you to prepare people for what they're going to hear, for what they're going to see, and what they're going to experience when they interact with me. And so I think a lot of what we did yesterday was prep work. <laughs> I think the folks that, that maybe you talked to on the street, you know, as I listen to Dave George talk about how several people had already come by their, their work site and had asked some questions and and uh, different folks and stories that I've heard uh, it just this morning as people have been coming in and out and, and folks that we talked to yesterday afternoon said, yeah, we got the chance to talk to people. We got the chance to prepare the way uh, for folks to meet Jesus. And so I want us to, to get that because that's not a one-day-year occurrence. That's not something that just happens one time. We say, okay, we did that, and now uh, next year we'll get, we'll get ready and we'll do it again. Well, the last thing we're going to do this morning is put the, the dates up for next year's uh, weekend where we're going, we're going to uh, celebrate in this way again. But it doesn't stop now and then, and then pick up again the second weekend of June next year. Going and preparing people to meet Jesus is what our lives should be about. It's what we should spend our time doing. Regardless of what our human occupation is, regardless of what I do to put bread on my family's table, regardless of, of what kind of career uh, that God has blessed me with or given me, my goal as a disciple of Jesus, one of my goals as a disciple of Jesus, is to tell other people about him, to prepare their hearts so that they can meet him. That's what the Holy Spirit spends all of his time doing. <laughs> he goes into the world and he, and he makes the light uh, come on in our lives, you know, kind of that V8 moment where you go, oh my gosh, I get it now. That's the, that's the work of the Holy Spirit, and we get to partner with him in that. And so just as Jesus sent out the 72 some 2,000 years ago to prepare folks for his coming, so he sends us out, not just during 2028, but he also sends us out on a daily basis. He's sending you tomorrow to your office. He's sending you this afternoon maybe to go uh, and visit your dad on Father's Day. 
he's sending you to uh, the school where you go if you're a student uh, this coming fall. You're going to get to go back to school, and he's sending you in those hallways and in those classrooms because there are people there, there are students your age, that need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so I need to see myself as a sent one. It's important that I get that concept in my life and that I apply that to my life. But there's one other a thought that I want to share with you this morning, and we're, we're kind of keeping it brief on the sermon side this morning in kind of in honor of Father's Day. Dad's kind of, you know, give me the bottom line, give it to me now, give it to me quick, and I'll remember it. You know, Mother's Day, you can kind of be long and flowing and a little bit more emotional, but on Father's Day, you get, get to the point. And I, I'm already exhausted. <laughs> I'm supposed to play golf this afternoon. It's going to be ugly. But there is one other point, guys and, uh, and gals. The 72 returned, says later on in Luke chapter 10. And they returned with joy. And I kind of think that's, if I was going to use one word to, to describe how everybody's feeling this morning, that would, that would be the word. Uh, those of us that got the opportunity to go out and serve yesterday, we're kind of coming back going, wow, wasn't that cool? Wasn't that awesome how God got to use us? And I think joy is the operative word uh, of the morning. And they said, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. So the disciples kind of had a, had a celebration like we're having. They're saying, Lord, this is the coolest thing that's ever happened. You wouldn't believe. No, we've been watching you for the better part of three years. We've been watching how you've healed people. We've been watching how you've restored sight to the blind. We've seen people who are crippled actually get up and walk when you told them to. We've seen uh, demons be cast out of people when you came and healed them. We've seen people be raised from the dead, and now it's happening in our lives as well. Even the demons believe, or even the demons uh, are subject when we speak against them in your name. And I think that's kind of the tone that we have this morning. Wasn't it cool when such and such happened? Wasn't it cool when we got to, to do this? Wasn't it awesome when we got to, to talk to those kids about Christ? And Jesus says this. I'm not going to read all of what he says, but he says this. He says, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. That's pretty amazing. That's pretty incredible. Jesus doesn't gather them around and say, okay, now tell me your story and tell me what happened. Wow, wasn't that cool that that, that demon fled and that that, you know, that demon was subject to you? Jesus doesn't get around and, and let them tell war stories. And that's, that's kind of what we'd like to, like to do this morning a little bit is tell war stories. And, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but it's got to be in the right context. And Jesus gives the context for the joy. Because the disciples came back full of joy that they had power and they had authority and they were able to do some incredible things. And Jesus says, you know what, that's great, that's awesome, but don't, don't lose perspective. Because the perspective is not about what you're able to do. The perspective has to be about what's been done for you. And so Jesus says, if you're going to rejoice, if you're going to have joy, make sure that the foundation of your joy is found in this, that your name is written in heaven. Can you say that this morning? For all the serving we've done, all the blisters we got, all the muscles that are stiff and, and tired and sore. You say, you know, that was a great day yesterday. And, and that was so much fun. And I know a lot of you are going to sign up on those sheets because you, you love doing that kind of stuff and helping other people. I know we have lots of folks that will participate in that. I know a lot of folks say, yeah, if, if this is what it was, count me in for next year. I'll, I'll be there. What are the dates? But can you say, the foundation of my joy is not that I serve others. 
the foundation of, of who I am and, and the essence of my being is not uh, find its sum and substance in the fact that I'm a charitable person or I'm a gracious person, but my identity in its core is found in the fact that God has been gracious to me. And before I've ever gone out and served anybody else, I've been the recipient of the one who said the Son of Man didn't come to serve, or to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Think about that word ransom. <laughs> Pay a ransom to somebody that, that's been kidnapped, somebody that's been stolen away, and that's what's happened to us through sin. Our own sin and our rebellion has has stolen us away from God. And yet Jesus said, I will go and I will serve and I will pay that price so that they can be my people, so that I can bring them back home. So as we rejoice this morning, as we follow in the footsteps of the disciples who were sent out before us, and we now as this generation's part of this generation's disciples of Jesus, as we rejoice in the opportunity to serve, let's rejoice in the context of the fact that our names, by God's grace and by God's mercy, are written in heaven. Let's pray.